Following the flood, Noah is commanded to leave the ark. Hashem blesses Noah and commands him and his children to repopulate the world. God makes a covenant that he will not destroy the land and its population again through a flood. He sets up the rainbow as a sign of this covenant. As we read in Perik Tet and Bereshit, Psukim Yud Bet and Yud Gimel, the following, 9.13, Vayomer Elohim, and Hashem said, Zot ot haberit asher ten This is the sign of the covenant which I place between me and between you. Uvein kol nefesh chaya asher And between all uh, living things that are with you. Lidorot olam, for all generations. Et kashti, my rainbow, natati ba'anan, I have placed in the clouds. Vahaytala ot brit. And it will be for a sign of the covenant. Beini between me, Uvein Haaretz, and between the uh, earth and land. So the Ibn Ezra, among others, uh, is curious about how exactly God designated the rainbow as a sign. And he writes in his uh, parish Rishon on this Pasuk, it, said, uh, it says, Et kashti, hinei kashti ata banan. Behold, I have placed my rainbow right now in the clouds. So he's basically saying that this uh, rainbow is a new phenomenon. The Ain Perusho Kasher Mahargon, and it's not correct to explain like Sadigon did, Kibat that it was, uh, rainbow was previously in existence. So the Ibn Ezra concludes, directly contrasting himself with the opinion of Sadigon, that the rainbow was a new physical phenomenon created at that moment. The Ramban, however, disagrees. And he says, It indeed is implied from this sign that the rainbow was not in the clouds from the beginning of creation. Uh, and basically, right now, Hashem created this new rainbow in the heavens on this uh, cloudy day. But he continues, he, said, he says, But uh, perforce we are required to believe the uh, words of the Greeks, their scientists. He says, basically, the rainbow is an interaction between wetness that's in the air and between uh, effectively light, he says, because if you see, if you hold up a glass of water, right, and the sun passes through it, you actually see the rainbow, right? And if, once you understand that, if you go back and look more closely at the pasuk, you'll actually see, because it says, that it says, no, my rainbow, I placed in past tense. I previously placed my rainbow in the clouds. Velo Amar, and it does not say, Ani notain ba'anan, that I am placing it now. Kasher Amar, zot ot haberit asher ani notain. Rather, um, it says, this is the sign that I'm giving now. And he goes on to explain that basically, just like other signs, you know, when, when Yaakov and Lavan make a, um, a sign of the rock, they didn't create the rock, they're designating that particular sign, that particular phenomenon, that, that object in existence as a reminder of their, uh, of their covenant. So what's interesting too is uh, the Ramban, uh, you know, continues and basically 
the explanation is that the Milat Tashti Torah Shahaita Lo Keshet Chila was already there, but Lachain Nefresh and therefore we explain the Pasuk Keshet Asher Natati Banan Miom Ha Abara, right? The rainbow which I placed in the clouds from the day of creation, Tiamin Hayom Hazeb Halala, Breed Baini Benechan. It will be a sign from this point forward. I am setting this, I am designated as a sign from this point forward between me and between you. Shekul Zaman Sheer Ena. Because anytime I see it as shalom that I have a, a, a covenant of peace between me and you. There's also Rashi discussing the different Mida Hadin and Mida Harachim, that's a separate subject to look into um, for additional interpretations. And the Ramban makes another point here, and he's, he continues and says, Uvein Shatit Chadesha Keshet Ata, Bein Shahitam Meolam Hateva, Hatam Baot, Shaba Echadhu. And he says whether or not, regardless of whether you take the Ibn Ezra's uh, explanation or you take Sadegon's or his own, right, whether or not the rainbow was created right now or whether or not it has existed all along doesn't really change the import of the idea. And the idea he explained earlier is that uh, you know, perhaps it's this concept of a, of a bow that's pointed upwards, which is a, a designation of no more battling between, uh, between people. But I think it's interesting that the Ram, Ramban definitively concludes here that yes, the science helped him get a new interpretation, but the concept that we glean from it, it remains sort of unaffected. So in summary, the Ramban notes that a plain reading of the verse indicates that God created a rainbow in the clouds for the first time at this moment following the flood. But the Ramban goes on and explains that in light of our scientific understanding of rainbows, that a rainbow is made when light passes through water, uh, which is a constant property of physics, that the rainbow is part of the fabric of the original creation. The Ramban then returns to a careful reading of our verse and notes that it doesn't say, I am placing a rainbow in the cloud, but rather I placed in past tense. God didn't create the rainbow for the first time during the period of Noah, but he did identify it as a sign that from that point forward, it would reflect this covenant between man and God. So this really is a beautiful example of the interplay between Torah and science. The Ramban rejected one possible interpretation of Torah based on the science he was aware of, and he went back to see a more accurate reading of the original Pasuk based on the scientific understanding of the natural phenomenon. So, you know, scientific understanding in this case really assisted in the accurate interpretation of, uh, of Torah. Now both uh, Rav Soloveitchik and Rav Hirsch discuss how Torah and science are avenues uh, toward knowledge of God. So this is an excerpt um, which is quoted in the Korn Masor HaRav Sidur and also in a work called Avraham's Journey by the Rav, and it reads as follows. It's a comment, it's a comment on Tehillim 19. It says, quote, this psalm has two distinct themes, and there is no immediately apparent transition from the first to the second. The first part describes the cosmos with emphasis upon the sun, since for our world, our solar system, the sun is the central focus. Then, in the middle of the psalm, the theme changes to Torah and mitzvot. King David is saying that God's glory manifests itself in two media. First, the cosmos with its endless energy, the dynamics of the universe, the velocity of life, and second, the medium of the Torah, the moral law, the Jewish law. It too tells the story of God's glory. So again, this is the Rav's 
comment on Tehillim 19, which we say in Pesukit Zimra of Shabbat, Lam Natsayach Mithmor David, Hashemayim Esaprim Kvot El, Umasei Adav Magid Harakia, that the heavens discuss the honor of God, and his handiwork, it, you know, tells uh, tells the uh, the the firm firmament tells, and he can the it continues, and then in the middle there is this transition, and then it says Torah Tashem Tamima that uh, the Torah of Hashem is complete, Meshiva Nafesh, it restores the soul, Edud Hashem Ne'emana, the testimony of God is faithful, Machkimat Peti, it, it, uh, Machkimat Peti, it, it, uh, it wise and it provides wisdom for uh, the uninitiated. And so, you know, then it goes on to continue to discuss Torah, and so both the Rav and Rav Hirsch are dealing with why you have these two distinct themes in this Tehillim. And so here is a section of Rav Hirsch's commentary on the Siddur. And he says, The book of nature from which we derive our knowledge of God and the Torah from which we learn how to worship him. The realization that there must be a God could come to anyone who thoughtfully contemplates nature. However, this does not answer the question of what man should do with his freedom of will and action. So both Rav Soloveitchik and the Rav explain that we have two distinct pathways to the knowledge of God. But I think what's interesting is this point that Rav Hirsch adds really clearly, which is that nature can indeed teach us about God, but only Torah can tell us how to live life. The food chain might reflect the infinite wisdom of the Creator, but it doesn't tell us about how we should treat our fellow. We rely on the Torah to tell us how to relate to God and how to live meaningful lives in line with how, are we de- how we were designed by uh, our Creator.